Greetings ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this batch video of one-shots taken from the HUPI subreddit. The links to the originals will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do so, please consider subscribing, because for those that don't, you will be visited later on by a biomass-eating cloud of sentient nanites. Story number one, Human's Innate Ability, written by Tater Tot Thief. I'm telling you, Kanks, you want the most amount of destruction possible, talk to a human. The Drigon slowly turned his four eyes towards the Axlan. Not an easy feat when you have little to no neck. And blinked slowly. The Axlan were a curious species, humans describing them as a 1.5 meter tall overgrown porcupine with metal spikes and no concept of personal space. Having developed on a planet with no natural predators and relatively peaceful conditions, Kex wondered if that was because they simply didn't have much experience with danger. Kex's train of thought brought him to the human's description of his own species. Two meters tall, with the head of a rhino beetle and the body of a shark, with webbed legs and hands. Do not touch every breather. A mistake on both species' parts when a human surprisingly even more curious than an axlan touched one of the apparatuses and was thrown against the bulkhead of a ship. It was a tense period of time from what he heard. I find that hard to believe, OX. I've met with the human, Dan... Neil? The rebreather built into the translator having difficulty with the human's name. And I don't think that he's capable of destruction like we are. You would think, with their weak bodies and no natural weapons. But listen, I have talked with a few, and every time I meet one I always ask, how would you cause the most amount of destruction at the moment? The answers scare me. Keck studied his counterpart, watching the shivers run up the Oxland's back and made her spines move akin to a waves on his homeworld. Then how would you cause the most damage, Vorwerks? Vorwerks seemed surprised at the Drigon's question. I don't know. I haven't given it much thought. I suppose I could raid security's armory and take the captain hostage. What about you? Kex looked back from the screen and thought for a moment. I would destroy the FTL controls and use the escape shuttles to land myself planetside. As the universe would have it, the human known as Daniel walked through the engineering doors at that moment and found himself the vision of Voex. At what timing, Daniel? Could you come and answer a question of mine? Daniel looked over at the two and shrugged. What's up? Voex looked above her and then looked back at the human. I think the birthing area is. Why do you ask? It's an expression. Never mind. What's your question? How would you cause the most amount of destruction at this moment? The human looked surprised and then put his hand to his chin. I guess I could override the command center from here, spool up the FDL drive, point it at Arya's moon, lock on everybody out, and take a shuttle out. Why do you ask? Both looked at the human with shock, the Uxlan having puffed up and the Drigon's widening of his eyes. That would destabilize the moon's orbit. It would crash into Arya itself. It would wipe out the entire planet. Who would even think of doing such a thing? The human held up both of his hands in front, as if that could help the onslaught of shouting that had just erupted from both of them. Hey, 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 hey! You asked me how, I would never do it, of course. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some maintenance to do. I'll talk to you two later. Both watched the human walk away. Hey, Kex. Yes. Do you want to put in the work order to remove the command override? 
or um, should I? I'll get to it right now. End of story number one. Story number two. To the Victor. Written by Fabio. Vakar the Despoiler rather disliked the human's White House. As the center of power, it left much to be desired in terms of shielding, communications, and easy access to land or craft, and, most pressingly, climate control. He'd been informed that the only way that they had of trying the Oval Office further was with clunky mobile units, and there was no way that seven howls that they were going to dictate terms surrounding the dehumidifiers. He'd even had to bring his collapsible throne. What kind of planetary ruler didn't even have a throne on standby? Ah, oh, well, he motioned to the Yevon to send the throneless moron. President Sol, he enter. Yevon barked, standing tall and proud at the Vakar's left hand. He was born an officer, his carapace gleaming under the artificial lights, and took his role as a second-in-command far too seriously for his health. The humans that entered was anything but, small, fleshy, and alarmingly moist. Humans were the closest thing to a water wilders that Vakar had ever seen, and not actually live beneath the waters. They had put him in mind of a maggot that had figured out how to put on clothes and walk around. Needless to say, he was not overly worried about the fraternization incidents. President Saul stepped up to the throne, bent in the middle to display the back of his head before rising again. Vakar made a mental note to check if there was an insulting display of one of respect. It felt like an insult. Arise, President Saul, and listen to the words of your betters. Selenin began to repeat his words in a local tongue. He was not typically one of Volker's command staff, but Selenin had a truly miraculous gift for languages, and no one else had the first idea of what the locals were on about except for her. Your cities have fallen, your warriors flee to the hills, and my fleets wait for the word again to rain death down on your world. Many have stood where you stand now, thirty-seven at last count, and many more still will. I offer you the choice. Surrender or die. He waited patiently while Saladin translated his speech. They seemed to trip up over the word surrender for a while, but it was an issue that could be resolved with a few frantic motions. Finally, President Sol spoke. He surrenders and asks what is to become of them. Saladin translated after much pointless babbling. Good, good! You will find me a fair master, President Sol, as long as your people pay me a tithe. First, I require 90% of your planet's iridium production. He paused for a moment while Selenin translated, and then continued to translate. Then President Sol answered. Rather, a heated discussion sprang up between the two with many gestures that defied explanation. What's the holdup? Vakar snapped as after a futile five minutes. Selenin held up a hand to silence President Sol and turned to face him. They don't make any, he said simply. What? Vakar goggled. It is the building block of civilization. How in the seven howls can they do without? Yevon chuffed softly as it drew attention. Sir, do you recall that this is a primitive planet? Primitive, yes. Yeah. Stone aged, no. Vakar snarled, slamming his forearm against his throat. What are these cities made of if not iridium? They turned to the president's soul from the explanation, and after some lengthy translation, Selenin finally provided an answer. 
silicon and iron for the most part, local plant matter in a more rural areas. Vakar twitched, and on one hand it was impressive that the humans had managed to do so much with what was essentially still raw ore. On the other hand, it was all completely worthless. A single asteroid mine would have yielded more treasure. Fine, he growled. We shall accept the tribute in frost and alloys instead. Again, the translation went on for far too long. Vakar snarled in frustration. Sorry, sir, he's not familiar with them. Impossible. They have guns, don't they? Vakar snapped. How could they build them without frost and alloys? I believe they use a chemical propellant, Yevon replied. It is quite the ingenious solution to the lack of good superconductors. I am glad you find their thinking amusing. Vakar glared at the empty air and considered what even the world of primitives might have access to. Very well, what about Osamynx? It took Selimon only a few minutes to return with a solid no. Macold substrates? No. Conine matrixes? No. Tristine fibers? No. Brunian crystals? No. Sir, did you just make that one up? Yes, Vakar snapped, massaging his aching crest. This is ridiculous. They had that dinky space station. What was it made of? A few moments later, and he had his answer. Aluminium, mostly. Aluminium? Vakar exclaimed in horror. And it was still in one piece. Madness! Bravery but madness! He shook his head. And to think that he considered ordering the station boarded. His men would have mutinied in a moment they'd figured it out. It seems, he began, with some consideration, that we will not be extricating any material wealth. Instead, we shall take our tithe in slaves. Saladin informed President Sol that we... Yevon chuffed pointedly. Vakar shot him a threatening look. You have something to say, First Officer? Sir, we don't want any. The ache in his chest seemed to be building upon itself and spreading in his mandibles. Weren't you complaining just yesterday with a wee lack ready hands for the lower decks? Yes, sir. However, what I need to fill those spots are trained spaces, not an illiterate mob of barely trained maggots who have never been on the home planet before. We don't want them. Vakar sighed. Fine, I'm sure that they can serve as a plantation slaves. The nearest market is nine months' travel. We lose money on shipping alone, and it's even if we could figure out how to keep them alive that long. Battle thralls, then, Bakar snapped. We can always use more battle thralls. Yevon gave President Sol a pointed look. Humans lacked much in the way of claws, armor plate, or even a good grace to be poisonous. Unless he armed the rabble, the day would be little more than a snack for most shock troopers. And Bakar was not gotten where he was in life by arming the very people trying to kill him. Yes, yes, Bakar sighed. I knew that this was a stupid idea from the moment I said it. They must have something. Art. Rich idiots go nuts over Xeno art. Art by famous arts, yes. Do you remember what happened last time we thought to drum up some prices of the cultural artifacts? Vekar opened his mouth to snap, then paused. Come to think of it, there had been a lot of salt involved in a set of decisions and a final conclusion was unclear. No. Jevon chuffed. We're still carting around a light opera. Really? Well, isn't that a thing? Schedule a performance for when we get back out of the way. Sir, um, what should we tell President Saul? Selenin interjected. Hmm. Vakar stared at the patchy sofa for a long moment. 
On the one hand, he had destroyed three cities and innumerable small military bases, lost a couple dozen troops and burned through an alarming amount of fuel to take over the worthless chunk of dirt. On the other, Makar had become a despoiler by throwing good money after bad. Right? Tell him he's officially part of my great and glorious empire. Let the men out three days shore leave and let them loot whatever they feel like. Yavin, requisition consumables enough to fill the holds and prepare to depart as soon as everyone is back from shore leave. I'll return to my flagship and get the scouts out looking for somewhere more useful. Understood? Sir? Excellent. Vakar rose to his feet, completely ignoring the human, and began to stride out of the room. Oh, Yevon, he said suddenly, pausing mid-stride. Whatever happened to that colony ship we found, the one you called the laughably primitive? Ah, yes, sir. We pressed the colonists into service and have been carting it around with a skeleton crew. Some of the industrial equipment is of use to the fleet train. Irreplaceable? Certainly not. Makar shrugged. Land it and leave it for the maggots to play with. Maybe the next time we're in the sector, they'll have made something useful for themselves. End of story number two. End of the dispatch video. If you wish to support the author or the channel, all the relevant links are down below. But the easiest way would be to share this like a plague to everyone and anything that you can think of. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good time, and I'll see you then. Cheers.